Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maybe I just told you about that website. Who knows? So nice you have to hear about it twice. Julia Rabinowitz is in for the main Department of Labor. Pam McGathlin is in as well. She's the director for the Bureau of Labor Standards. Are the standards high, Pam? High standards. Very, very high standards. Good morning, Julie. How are you? Good. Always asking about that. Always going to ask about how the standards are, because some people have lower standards than others. So. No, Maine assume... has very high standards. That's, high standards. that's what I always assume. That's what I always assume. Um, of course, uh, hire a vet going on right now. I know some folks that had stopped and talked to me about it yesterday at the chamber breakfast how how is that going great well it is veterans day and this is uh one of the ways in which the department of labor serves veterans and we serve veterans and veterans families and militaries uh families and spouses all year long through our career centers with helping connect them with jobs but the hire a vet campaign which kicked off on labor day is 100 days 100 employers and 100 veterans hired and the goal is to raise awareness about um the, all the talents that veterans bring to the workforce here in Maine and and how they can add to uh, the talent pool of your particular workforce if you're an employer and to educate employers about how to integrate and how to hire. What, how do you understand what's on a military person's resume? How do you translate what they did in the service to what they could do for you in the civilian workforce? So our goal is to recruit employers and to educate them and just dispel myths about PTSD and things like that. So right now, as of today, we have 143 employers who have joined. We have 83 veterans hired so far, and we have 32 days left. We have a military 101 training in Brunswick for participating employers, and it's very easy to join up. If you're an employer, you get we send veterans to you, and if you're a veteran, we are going to showcase you to employers. So we need both employers and veterans and veterans' family members and military service families to make this work and make that connection. So please go to maincareercenter.gov slash hire a vet and all the information is there the contact information is there we have hundreds of jobs available and whether you're a veteran looking to return to maine or a veteran who's never been to maine who's looking for a job or a veteran here in maine who is unemployed or underemployed or just wants to make a change or get a promotion and more money this is the connection we can make for you right now just had a couple of referendums passed with labor law implications, huge labor law implications, also economy uh, or economic implications as well. We can yes. talk about those in a little bit. Let's uh, talk about when the minimum wage is going to change, what that's going to look like, and what the employment issue is in the marijuana legalization. We'll get Pam on the minimum wage. Okay. We'll actually do the minimum wage here, and then we'll 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 carry over the other ones. Yeah, that'll be segment. good. Does yeah. sound good? All yeah, right, sounds good. Well, as, as most people are aware, on Tuesday, uh, voters voted to increase the minimum wage in the state of Maine. That will take effect January 1st of 2017. The current minimum wage in the state of Maine is $7.50, but that will increase to $9 an hour come January 1st. And this, w- this impacts all Maine businesses. 
unlike federal law that has different thresholds and different employers fall underneath that threshold and some do not, some do. State of Maine, basically, if you have one employee, you fall under state statute. So every Maine employer will have to adhere to these new requirements. And the if you want to say the unique thing about how this minimum wage increase is going to impact the state of Maine is that it's phased over a, a period of time. So um, every year it's going to increase for a dollar for the next four years. So it's going to start in January 1st of 2017 at $9, but then it'll increase by $1 for the next four years until you, uh, till it reaches 20 uh, in 2020, until it reaches $12 an hour. And then uh, every year after that, it's going to be tied to the CPI, the consumer price index, uh, which will make that rate fluctuate. Um, yeah. So it'll, it'll increase by an amount of some kind of sense that'll be rounded to the nearest nickel. So it might be 25 cents, it might be 15 cents, but every year it'll adjust some level of cents. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of level of sense in passing this, but that's that's a whole we other thing. We have to enforce it. It's, it is going to be... I mean, I know that. Yeah, it's, different this, parts of the state. This seems like it's going to be a headache for you guys as well for a well, lot of different things. It, it, does, it does get complicated because, you know, while, while it, it's stated out there, you know, January 1st is the new date, I mean, many employers are going to be confused as when it when it come that date when it cuts across a different pay period. Right? And are you paying this week? And then, and some employers, you know, just based on ignorance of the law, will forget that as of January first, the new uh, rate will change. And then, if an investigation has to pursue, then it's going back. If we're looking over, let's say the last three years, okay, then. As even as an enforcement agency, okay, from this date to this date, it was this, and from this date to this date, it was this. And, and so it just gets complicated even enforcing it. Uh, but there's a sec- second part to the minimum wage increase. Which is more confusing. And, and the one that's probably the more contentious part of it is is the elimination uh, over a longer period of time, uh, over eight years, uh, to eliminate the credit that employers can take um, in the service industry when they have a service employee that receives tips. Uh, currently under state law, you know, all employees have to receive minimum wage. So the current minimum wage is seven fifty. dollars uh, So how it works today is that the direct wage paid by the employer, uh, the employees receive three seventy five dollars an hour. And then the employer can take a credit against the tips because the tips are payable to the Im- individual. And the employer takes that credit. Well, this new bill passage, I mean, this new law that is going to go in effect in January seeks to or will eliminate that tip credit yeah, over time over time so for the first four years the t- the maximum tip credit an employer can take will be four dollars but then in 2020 it goes to three then the two then to the one to the point that it's completely eliminated sounds like a whole lot of servers are going to be losing some money eventually could be could be the case Talking with Pam McGathlin and Julia Rabinowitz from the Maine Department of Labor. More on the way, maine.gov forward slash labor for more information on them. 714, 41 degrees. Paul Simon. I'm like, no, that is not new Paul Simon. It's Paul Simony, though, a little bit. Like, I could see where somebody could get that feel for it, I guess. Julia Rabinowitz is in. Pam McGathlin is in as well. They're Good from morning. the Maine Department of Labor. Hello Good there. Morning, yes. Hello there. For everybody that didn't catch them earlier. For more information on the Maine Department of Labor, it's maine.gov forward slash labor. And you can also find them and like them on Facebook as well. Just got done talking about the uh, minimum wage uh, change in that referendum passing. Um, now we're it's going to be on to marijuana legalization. Uh, looks like the governor has 10 days to sign it and then 30 days after it gets into law. Is that 
the the gist of it? Yeah, and I do think, though, that there may be a recount call, so we're continuing to watch that. But if we do assume that this is the final count, um, we at the Department of Labor actually do have some charges under the referendum, and um, it is related to two points. They're on the bottom of page 27, if anyone wanted to look at the actual bill, but there's two points. And one relates to impairment in the workplace, and the other one relates to how an employer re- can, it, it, it prohibits an employer, um, also a landlord and a couple other individuals or in businesses, but employers particularly from refusing to employ or otherwise penalize an individual for using recreational marijuana. And the practicality of enforcing that and the consequences of that are really murky because there's other statutes like under the drug testing statute, which uh, we've we've talked about Maddie in the past. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of loopholes in that law, and it's um, really um, not something that uh, every employer can do because it requires you have so many employees and you to do certain kinds of testing. And there's and you can exclude the first accident for probable cause. So if you crash the forklift, you don't have to get drug tested or lose your job. You wait till the second time you crash the forklift, kind of thing. But um, if you're drug testing applicants. of the drug tests in Maine are positive for marijuana. So if you say, I can't employ you. What a number. If you are test positive for marijuana and you have a safety-sensitive position that you're hiring for, it's difficult to know whether or not, you know, what's the implication, why even have the drug test. But at the same time, you do need to know when individuals are impaired on the job. So that other factor, talking about um, employees can't be impaired, well, if you smoked marijuana on Saturday night legally and your co-worker next to you smoked it Monday morning before they came into work and it's 10 o'clock Monday morning and your employer does drug testing you're both positive one is impaired one isn't you how do you treat both employees equitably and if you have to terminate the employees if you if you smell something and they you know smell an essence on their clothes and they have um you know, bloodshot eyes, and they have other indications of being impaired, you could justifiably um, terminate that employee. But when they go and file for unemployment, are you treating both individuals equally? And do you have enough documentation? So we're actually um, in PAM's program, Safety Works, we're going to be training employers to detect impairment and those courses will be free. We have four scheduled right now for 2017. But we really have to look at the statutes and we may have to put in some additional legislation to really clarify how all this um, can can go into effect in the workplace. Because because the wording to refuse to employ or otherwise penalize is unbelievably broad. Pam McGathlin and Julie Rabinowitz, Julie's the voice you just heard, they're from the Maine Department of Labor. It's uh, Veterans Day, by the way. The Hire Vet campaign's underway. Go to maine.gov, maine.gov forward slash labor for more information on that. We'll have more with them on the way. Maine's Big Z. Continue the Breakfast Club now with Pam McGathlin and Julie Rabinowitz. From the Maine Department of Labor, we've been talking about the referendums and what effect that will have on employment and all that law stuff. 
Overtime stuff is uh, is also going to be changing, um, coming right up here. Let's start going over that and some different things that we can go over so that employers out there know things they can do and things they can't do. So let me kick it off and hand it to Pam. The overtime rules are um, what the Federal Fair Labor Standards Act, how it defines the individuals who must be paid minimum wage and overtime. We generally call them hourly workers. Um, and then individuals who are exempt from overtime, and they are usually, we call them salary workers, but it really should be salary exempt because they have to meet a duties test in order to be considered to be exempt from overtime as well as be paid a certain amount of money every week. And that amount of money is going to change December 1st according to the new federal regulations. So currently, in order to maintain an exemption, as Julie alluded to, for overtime, you have to meet specific exemptions. Uh, Unfortunately, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there in the world of work where individuals and businesses alike uh, think that when you pay somebody on a salary, that means no overtime is due. And, And that is an incorrect statement. You have to not only pay a guaranteed salary to exempt somebody from overtime, but they have to meet the duties tests uh, of the three major exemptions, which are, are the executive, the administrative, and a professional exemption. Um, but they don't sound like what they no, the, mean. No, don't get caught up in the vernacular of, 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 of those words. Uh, executive truly is your manager-supervisor exemption. Uh, the administrative exemption is not administrative as a clerical staff. It's really the administration or the complete operation, if you want to say uh, a high-level independent discretion and judgment, um, matters of significance type of individual. And then, of course, professional is is apples to apples, somebody who is like teacher, teacher, doctor, doctor, lawyer, lawyer. Um, and if you can't claim those exemptions, then those individuals will be deemed non-exempt and be subject to overtime payments when they work over 40. So what the big changes are is on December 1st, uh, all Maine employers will be required to adhere to these new requirements under federal law. And because Maine uh, labor laws by statutory reference state that we must also adopt those federal laws, every business in Maine come December 1st yes. will also have to and, and adhere to these new changes. Government employers, nonprofits, whether you have one employee, there's no exception um, for any employer uh, come December 1st as to making a decision as to whether or not um, you want to keep those employees you currently hold exemptions on. And, and that's really the choice. The employer gets to choose whether or not they hold the exemption. It's not the employee's choice. So if you currently fall between the $23,000 a year and the $48,000 a year that the new threshold is going to be for salary that you have to be paid to be exempt from overtime, employers are going to choose whether to bump you up or to keep you at your same salary or adjust your salary. Um, but have you not be exempt from overtime. But they can also then choose that you only work 40 hours a week and you don't even earn overtime. So it's a real shift affecting a lot of employees. Thousands of employees in the state are in this position and will be affected by these rules. Sounds like a a lot about it. Now, coming up, I'm going to go over a couple of different scenarios here uh, that folks might find themselves in that they might find or now won't fit in this new law. Love more on the way with Pam McGathlin and Julie Rabinowitz from the Maine Department of Labor. Find more information about them now at maine.gov forward slash labor. The Hire Vet campaign is underway. You can find more information about that there. Also, find them and like them on Facebook. 742 44 degrees, Maine's Big Z.
Wrapping up with Pam McGathlin, the director of uh, director for the Bureau of Labor Standards, and Julie Rabinowitz, director of policy operations and communications at the Maine Department of Labor. They are located at 45 Commerce Drive in Augusta, uh, maine.gov forward slash labor for more information on them. The Hire Vet campaign is in full swing. It is Veterans Day. We talked about that in the first segment. And if you missed any parts of this interview, you can hear it on demand after the show at mainsbigz.com. Uh, can we talk a little bit about some scenarios, things employers have done that, that are illegal, that might be interesting to discuss, that, that people need to be aware of in case somebody tries to change anything or do anything, say, after December 1st when all these new overtime laws take effect? Sure. Well, let's do comp time. Oh, that's a good. Because that's always a confusing one. Sure. So uh, under under both federal and state law, you know, people talk about compensatory time or comp time. And again, another misunderstanding is comp time, true comp time, is only uh, applicable to public agencies. So if you have a private business or a nonprofit uh, who is banking their overtime hours for their employees, that's actually illegal. Uh, and you can't do that. And I kind of jokingly say sometimes that it's it's not only illegal, but I'm sure they're doing it illegally incorrectly because true comp time has to be paid uh, in, in the same as we pay time in one half of the regular rate of pay. You earn comp time in the same in the same vein. So if somebody would work one hour over, they get one point five hours off. And most people who bank hours actually bank it at straight time hour for hour. So that that's something that employers need to make sure right. that this new change, that they can't offset this change by banking overtime. That would now, be illegal. And what's confusing about that is that you can flex the time within the work week. So we don't consider you during the work week if you work an extra two hours on Wednesday night and then you leave two hours early on Friday, as long as that's in the same pay week then you can do that and that's not comp time it's if you worked two hours on wednesday and you wanted to use it the next wednesday which is a different pay week that would be banking it to use it in a different pay period so the these labor laws get very very confusing but a lot of people are paid bi-weekly so you think you're using your your comp time in the same pay period and that's illegal. It's got to be in that same week. So overtime is is 40 hours a week, and we only look week to week. We don't look to the pay period of two weeks. What about the independent contractor deal? Well, we have a concern that a lot of these individuals and businesses to get around the overtime issue will fall in the trap of classifying employees as independent contractors or hiring new employees as independent contractors to avoid paying overtime. Or, or even to the next level, put them on two separate contracts, not even call them, even if they're not called an independent contractor, well, that's a con- we'll put you on an employee contract for you know a job and then we'll put you on an employee contract for B job, and you're performing two different jobs. But the same employer. But it's the same employer, or even at two different locations sometimes that happens. Yeah, where they'll like share employees. two shops or two restaurants, and they might have different names, but it's the same job, and it's the same employer. So it's those kinds of things that can get employers into a trap. And employees, you can't volunteer to waive your overtime rights, and you can't volunteer to work extra hours that you're not going to be paid for. Like, those rights are enshrined in the law, and you can't waive them away. Uh, Even nonprofits, you can have someone else volunteer their services at the nonprofit, but employees can't volunteer their time at the nonprofit. 
You, you, volunteers are uh, are always. I mean, the Department of Labor completely supports volunteerism in the nonprofit world for humanitarian efforts. And as Julie alluded to, you know, you could always volunteer at nonprofits, but just not for the same position. I mean, if you're an administrative right. support person, you can't volunteer extra administrative support services to that nonprofit. Now, if you want to, you know, do something else and you know that they support or provide services to, then that's fine. But you just can't do it in the same capacity that you get paid to do. It's very tricky. It's It gets complicated. It gets complicated. Pam McGathlin and Julia Rabinowitz from the Maine Department of Labor. For more information, go to maine.gov forward slash labor. Find them, like them on Facebook. It's the Maine Department of Labor. Hire a vet campaign is underway. You can contact them about that as well. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you to both of you. Very much. We'll have more on the way. Central Maine Medical Center Hour next hour. Means Big Z. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.